0: Welcome back to Spin Now with me, Katie, and I'm so excited to introduce this week's special guest. It is the one and only comedian, Jarlith Regan. How are you?
1: How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, heading, heading west myself, actually, very soon with my tour.
0: I know. Are you excited? I think you're going to be hitting Thurless this weekend, if I'm right insane. sane.
1: Thurless this weekend? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the dates here. I'll be in Limerick at the Lime Tree on September 30th. That's obviously a huge one. I can't wait for that. And uh, yeah, I suppose I'm going Galway, actually, on next Thursday as well. So, you know, I'm out west a lot.
0: You're busy, busy. Yeah, yeah,
1: good. Good way to be. This is the thing in Ireland, you can never complain about being busy. <laughs> no one will allow it. <laughs> you're you're actually, it's illegal to complain about being busy in Ireland at this point in a cost of living crisis. So I'm not going to do that. It is very tiring but I'm happy to be tired.
0: We're we're always complaining about being tired as Irish, but yet we'll just keep piling on the work.
1: (laughs) Exactly, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, listen, I'm going to jump into it. I want to know a few things. Uh, Let's get our listeners to get to know you on a deeper level. How did you discover your talent for making people laugh and decide to pursue a career in comedy?
1: (laughs) Um, I was definitely the uh, youngest in the family, who was forced to make people laugh in order to get their attention. That is the number one way. And I do think that's a common thing. A lot of comics are the youngest in their family. So they're, they're forced to uh, make people laugh to prevent them from beating them up. Or they, <laughs> or they were laughed at a lot themselves. So they become comedians to control the reason why people are laughing at them. That's an <laughs> amazing that.
0: answer. Like, it's, the, it's probably the truth.
1: 100% it's the truth. I knew that I had to be funny or I wouldn't be heard. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history.
0: Well, tell me, what is your creative process like when developing new material?
1: Very good question. And it's one that has changed a lot over the years because in the beginning when you're starting out in comedy you're panicking you're in a constant state of panic is this funny was is this funny is this funny enough (laughs) are people going to laugh or are people going to boo me off then like you're you eventually find what you think is funny and that's the most important thing because once you find it funny and you will recognize this in all the comics that you love watching that they're nearly laughing themselves as they say it so really the creative process for me is finding something that makes me spit out my tea laughing, thinking of those things and spotting those things and then scribbling them down as quick as possible and taking them to an audience and exploring them together. Like I've got a new show that's coming out. That's the one that's coming to the Lime Tree in Limerick on September 30th. So at the moment I'm touring the current show and at the same time developing this other show, and that's where the real joy is found in exploring that new stuff because when a joke is really fresh, it's like when somebody comes in off the street and they're like, that nah, you'll never guess what happened. The way they tell it that first time, it's, it's just better. If somebody else joins the conversation, they go, tell it again. It's never is good. So that's, that's the process is trying to keep it as good, not better each time you tell it.
0: I love that though, because that's, literally saying you know you're keeping it to what you love and what you're about and it's about uniquely staying unique to yourself because at the end of the day that's what will bring the best content
1: yeah and look irish people have just got this radar for sincerity and humor and authenticity meaning that like they know if it happened or not they know if this is true to you and who you are and uh, you know those are the comics that we tend to go to they're the they're the Tommy Tiernan's the Ashling Bees, and Daryl Breen's of this world and I do think I'm very very lucky Kate to uh, get the chance to do this as a job and to tour and stuff with it it is like it you couldn't count it as work <laughs> you just couldn't
0: well it's getting always getting
1: they don't say it made people laugh just
0: it's heaven it's always nice to have a job that's your passion isn't it
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> and I tell you, if you're not passionate about comedy, you, you better get out. You're flatlining. <laughs> there are so many years of no money, no no, uh, no sense of security in your life, no holidays. And then eventually the, the corner turns and the sun rises. And uh, yeah, so when you're there, you try and make hay.
0: Love it. Can you describe a memorable experience or incident that has influenced your comedy style or routine?
1: Oh, wow. Well, I remember a guy standing up in the middle of a gig in Birmingham and shouting potatoes at me. (laughs) And (laughs) and now as heckles go, shouting root vegetables at people... (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty, like, it's <laughs> confounding. Like, how do you reply to that? I was like, yes, that is our national vegetable. And he's like, potatoes, mate. And I was like, yep, yep, I've got that. Is there any follow up And uh, there wasn't. So uh, I said, I'll talk to you after the show if you want to discuss vegetables more.
0: <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Moved on
1: with the show. Oh, when I finish, put the mic in the stand, I can see him getting up from his seat and he's walking towards the edge of the stage where I'm coming off. And I'm like, how is this going to pan out? He stops me and says, mate, mate. And I was like, yes. He says, I helped you out there, didn't I? And I was like, how, how would that have helped me? And he said, because we love potatoes too. I was like, no, no, what? <laughs> <laughs> English people love potatoes, mate. People are always saying the Irish love potatoes but we love them too. And I started to get defensive. (laughs) (laughs) I said, you don't like them the way we like them.
0: (laughs) You're like, there are potatoes.
1: (laughs) He goes, I think we do. I said, well, in that case, why don't you point me in the direction of the potato theme park in your country?
0: (laughs) Oh, I love
1: it. (laughs) Uh, Like, honestly, it's, it's a simple story about... Tato Park, my love of Tato Park, that's really sparked a lot of the current show. And, (laughs) uh, you know, I found that, like, when I was afraid of hecklers, uh, I was very blocked up on stage. And to find comfort in the unpredictable was where the good stuff was at. And, like, look, that's life, too. The Kind of accepting that, hey, it ain't going to be perfect. But you know what? There's a weird perfection in imperfection. And Jesus, if life went to plan,
0: it'd be fierce, boring. I love that. And in
1: a lot of ways, you go to a show, you remember <laughs> the stuff that was impromptu more so than you remember the scripted bits, right?
0: For sure. A hundred percent. Well, that kind of led into my next question. How do you handle hecklers or difficult audience members during your performance?
1: I'm very lucky in that I don't get Difficult audience members. I very, very rarely get, you know, um, somebody that needs to be removed. And I know I have friends like who, who that they seem to get those people all the time. Like I won't name names, but they're, they're like looking at their audience going, why would you come? Like what was, the, <laughs> what was the motivation of spending that money on the ticket to cause this problem? Uh, also helps that my stuff's very conversational. It's not super offensive or rude. So uh, I find that I have people who come to the show who are kind of willing it forward and hoping. If anything, sometimes my stuff is so conversational that sometimes the audience joins in on the conversation. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> so true. And you're like, okay, just agree in your mind. <laughs> Let me get on with it. But
0: so, you're, you're like, keeping it relatable.
1: Yeah, like, look, that's what observational com- comedy. That's what I mean. Like the that kind of you know, the the real minutia of life. Michael McIntyre, Seinfeld, uh, Dylan Moran, small small things that none of us notice until you say them. And that's you know, that's extremely difficult to spot, you know. It's hard to spot things that haven't already been spotted, but um in that way it's hard to heckle those things either. So when I do get a heckler, I kind of welcome it in because there's, there's been a misunderstanding. <laughs> <laughs> right? That person that is heckling the comedian firstly doesn't understand the power dynamic. The audience does not want to hear you. <laughs> when you know that and you're on stage with the microphone going, I have all the power here. I also have six security men who are happy to pull you out of your chair
0: I and remove it. you
1: from the building. So, like, you're in charge. So I kind of I kind of enjoy it. That's not to say that I'm inviting everybody listening to this to the Lime Tree Theatre in <laughs> Limerick on September 30th to, to heckle it. me. Although, look, I, I don't mind. If you want to do it... Get, Try, give it, give it your best shot. <laughs> Why not? I am, I am now actually, I am inviting. Come on down, Limerick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Can you share a moment when you felt like comedy had a significant impact on someone's life or brought a positive change? Because you, that's your job. That's what you do. But is there anything that's a stand out to you?
1: Oh my god, I get the most crazy emails. Um, I make a parenting podcast with my wife called "Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid." Well, we really do get, like, very difficult situations emailed in from people. Now, Tina, my wife, is a parenting child development expert, Uh, so she's worked with kids with all kinds of severe issues and behavioral issues since, like, you know, since she was 20. And she's seen everything and every type of toilet training situation, and people are really despairing in these moments. And we find light in it, she finds the answer, I find the jokes. And the emails that come back from that are crazy, because when you're a parent, you really do feel like there's nobody that can relate to this. But what we were learning, and as the community of the podcast grows, that nobody's on their own. Whatever you're going through, somebody else has gone through it. And the chances are that my wife, Tina, has seen it and knows how to help you through it. Aside from that, I also wrote a show called Oregon Freeman which was about donating a kidney to my brother. And uh, I did that in 2017. Wow. And just writing a show about something that was as difficult as that, like that was ferociously difficult physically, emotionally, and mentally to do. And then to see other people doing it because they saw that show. I mean, that might be the proudest thing I've ever done.
0: That's <laughs> and, amazing. And
1: Yeah, so very, very proud of that. And, you know, I, I'm like I'd imagine that like people have their people listening to this now they don't think about becoming organ donors some people just don't think about it at all but if if comedy can make you think on some level I think it's winning
0: for sure for sure and well done that is an amazing amazing thing and and rightly so the biggest thing you've ever done
1: Thank you. Thank you. That's the, this praise is exactly why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I love
0: it. How do you handle moments when your jokes don't land as expected, though?
1: Thankfully, those days are gone. Those Yay. days are gone. Like, really, I always think it's funny when comics go, oh, well, that was a new joke, when it doesn't work. Because, you know, your job is to know what's going to work. Like, a lot of the time, the jokes that don't land, my wife gets to hear. And she's like, mm. so by the time I go to the stage, <laughs> that's all done. That's all behind us. Um, you know, when like I've been doing it 20 years, too, like I started the same time team I started working with kids and, you know, the, the process of knowing what's funny, you know what's funny and you also know how to rinse funny out of things that aren't funny immediately. So if the crowd doesn't respond to the first line, your job is to know how to change gear, move direction or explain it better. Because really, as a comic, you're just explaining what you think is funny to a group of people in a funny way that they can relate and find it funny too. So that's how I view it when uh, something hasn't worked. I'm like, I'm not explaining it right. That's always my thought. I I just, I missed one piece there because it is like, it's a weird kind of scientific or logical experiment to the wording of jokes that if you, if you set it up correctly the audience will make the leap with you and the surprise will appear and they'll laugh at the same time it's a weird kind of mechanics to it that you can pull apart the engine put it back together and it'll it'll run really well but the first couple of times might be a bit clunky so that's quite a scientific answer but in reality my number one thing is never to panic (laughs) (laughs) if it happens
0: that's a great that's a great bit of advice honestly and leads me into my next question of what advice would you give aspiring comedians who are just starting their journey in the comedy industry
1: I think that a lot of people are funny I really do I think a lot of people are really really funny like they the difference though is are you willing to do the work? And the work is something that doesn't reveal itself until you go on stage. So the first thing is to get up there. You've got to find a place to get up, get up, mm-hmm. and it is like it's like it's like dating. You go on, you go on that first date on stage, and it will be love at first sight if this is for you. Like you go on a dating app and you go out with somebody. I've never been on dating apps, but you don't waste your time. If you don't love it right away, beat it. Don't do it.
0: (laughs) Don't do it. It's the truth. Be funny
1: with your friends forever because it is a hard road that you're headed down. So you need that love just like marriage it's going to be challenging. So the love needs to be there as the bedrock because when uh, comedy has bad breath in the morning and does not look like it looked on its wedding day, you're going to need to love it on a very deep level.
0: (laughs) That is absolute gold. That statement is gold. Thank you. Can you share a funny or memorable behind-the-scenes story from one of your performances or tours?
1: 100%. I Actually, one of my earliest memories of performing with uh, Limerick's own, uh, Limerick's favourite, uh, Carlsbane, was him introducing me side of stage at Vicker Street. He said, I'll give you a big introduction, don't worry. It was a charity gig for Crumlin uh, Hospital. And he went to the microphone and he said, our next comedian was to be Jarlett Regan. And everyone went, woohoo! And he goes, wait, wait, wait. Unfortunately, Jarlett got sick. And I am looking at him from the side of the stage going, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Charlotte got sick and we really were stuck to find somebody to replace him. Then someone said, did you know Ricky Gervais is in town? So we rang around, got Ricky's number, got in touch with him, said Ricky, would you come down and support Crumlin Hospital here at Vickers Street tonight? And he said he would. The place is going bananas, Katie, oh, I'm telling you, the God. place the roof is coming off. He, the anticipation of seeing Ricky your face at this gig and then Carl goes, But then Jarlot got better. So welcome to the stage.
0: Oh <laughs> Jarlith <God>. <laughs> Did you kill him?
1: Single, Single worst introduction I've ever received in my life and best introduction I've ever received in my life. This this man's bad introductions are legendary. He he introduced Jack Whitehall as um, um, distant relative of uh, many black and tans, I think he introduced another <laughs> English comedian as a, in Northern Ireland. He <laughs> said, so "This comedian is his first time in Northern Ireland out of uniform." <laughs> oh so, so like uh, like half the half the stories of, of comics are them absolutely making life very difficult for each other.
0: (laughs) I love it. And that's
1: where our humour lies. But I will never forget that Carl Spain introduction. It really stays.
0: That's brilliant. Oh my God. I can't imagine it. You honestly have thick skin though to deal with certain situations like that. But I suppose you do in comedy. You have to have a bit of a thick skin.
1: No doubt about it. No doubt about it. But look... That's uh, that's part of the deal, isn't it? I mean, there's plenty of jobs where you need that. Uh, but weirdly, you know, you delete uh, stuff from the hard drive. Like, people have asked me many, many times, what was your worst gig? And I cannot remember. <laughs> then someone will go, I remember watching you die. And I'll be like, I really don't recall that. And it's usually because... In order, and this is again not a bad life skill to develop, in order to push forward you sometimes need to just completely forget the bad stuff and get on with it. Uh, Because if you can't do that it'll haunt you (laughs) for years to come.
0: (laughs) Well you are full of knowledge, I'll tell you that. Um, Can you share any (laughs) tips or techniques for handling stage fright or nervousness before you perform?
1: Oh, wow. This is a real $64,000 question because stage fright and nervousness is so different for everyone. No one's experience of it is the same. Like Carly Simon, the amazing singer, uh, you know, You Are So Vain would be the song people know. She suffered such bad stage fright until someone explained to her that what she was experiencing was excitement. That it was the excitement of it potentially going well. And she'd never framed it that way. She'd never actually thought, what am I feeling? What is this? It's the thought that it could go great rather than the thought that it could go badly that, that can actually freeze you. Mm-hmm. I toured with Ard O'Hanlon and I remember him rubbing his face backstage. And he, he nearly had to get himself nervous to perform his best. Or so he felt. I don't think I have the answer for it because to me, it is something that will pass with time. And that in the same way as I'm a runner now, I make a running podcast with Sonia O'Sullivan. And, you know, I had all sorts of aches and pains when I started out running. And I'd be ringing Sonia going, Sonia, is this normal? (laughs) She's like, these are the pains of a man who runs. (laughs) And stage fright is the pain of a person who is about to perform. And in some ways, you've just got to run it off. you just got to keep getting out there for your runs get up on stage, and eventually it, it will disappear. That said, that again is my own experience. I only speak from my own experience. There are other people that, you know, vomit multiple times before going on. And if that's your situation, eh, I'd take another look at your life choices. <laughs> you know, I want this as my job. But yeah, that, that's, that's my experience anyway.
0: Is there anything you don't do?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't mess with goats. I think goats are a very evil animal.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's something about goats, the dead eyes, the way they look at you. They're just not a very warm creature, so I don't I don't mess with goats. They're, they're the one, one creature on this earth that I'm like, no, no, not, not having them. You never hear people having pet goats, do you? No,
0: not, maybe. They,
1: they don't. They're a very intelligent creature, but they're just sneaky. Sneaky. I just don't I don't trust them and that's the first time I've ever told anybody that so there you go there's an explicit point I love it I'm I've, I've going
0: to pull it as my promo for next week how about that
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well listen what have you anything any future goals or aspirations as a comedian or anything you know that you've set milestones that you'd like to reach uh, as a comedian
1: Oh, listen, uh, Gig on the Moon, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Christmas number one, best-selling book, and um, yeah, my own TV channel. I really don't know. I really don't know. I, I'm i just so focused on trying to get the most possible people to uh, see and laugh at my stuff. That's all I care about is just having fun and trying, well, as you say, to make people bloody happy like at the end of the day we need to laugh with the world the way it is if you need a break if you haven't gone to live comedy in a while do it because i tell you it is good for the soul and when you know you're doing that i mean you don't really need too many big lofty goals you know you're you're doing good work if people are walking away going I feel better about my life as a result of this show.
0: It's for sure though, it's all we have left these days is to laugh. Big time, big time. Well, if any of our listeners today wanted to buy tickets to your gigs or follow you across social media, where would they find you?
1: Um, yeah, I'm principally I'm an Instagram man. I also have a YouTube channel. Instagram is the place to find me. Um, Jarleth Regan underscore Irishman abroad or if you put in Jarla Regan there's a couple of feckers on there trying to impersonate me but we're <laughs> whittling them out of there uh, yeah so I'm on there on Instagram find me there uh, jigser.com for all the tour dates including as I said Limerick the Lime Tree on September 30th I'll also be in Galway at the Town Hall May 25th I think it is but that's sold out uh, Tralee uh, July 14th Shim Satir and the INEC in Killarney in September as well. So the loads of of, uh, gigs down that side of the country. I'd love you guys to come along.
0: Love it. Well, before you jump off, I have a quick fire. Let's get to know you, this or that. Are you ready to answer some quick, quick questions?
1: I'm terrible at answering questions quick, but go for it, yeah.
0: Let's give it a go, okay. Number one, summer or winter?
1: Summer, all day. Oh my God, I hate the cold.
0: (laughs) Text message or phone call?
1: I would say voice note
0: Love it Fiction or non-fiction?
1: Non-fiction God I love a biography
0: (laughs) Salad or soup?
1: Oh God I've had so much bad soup in my life (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd go I'd take a bad salad over a bad soup any day
0: Comedy club or theatre?
1: Oh, that's the toughest one. Depends (laughs) on the club and (laughs) depends on the (laughs) theatre.
0: I knew that one would catch you. Early bird or night owl?
1: Earlier the better. I love getting up before the sunrise.
0: City or countryside?
1: Oh, man. I'm probably a city boy, even though I was raised in the country.
0: Love it. Ga or rugby? Oh, that's... (laughs) That's
1: tough. (laughs) Oh, like... There's problems with both.
0: <laughs> <laughs> quick fire round, quick fire.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, look, how do you pick? Probably rugby, probably.
0: Okay, we'll, t- we'll Just, take okay, it. I think we
1: need more clarity on the rules in GAA, as much as I adore it. I'm also from Kildare, and our chances of winning an all Ireland, I've lived through a lot of heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's why.
0: <laughs> okay, bangers and mash or fish and chips?
1: Oh, bangers and mash all day
0: mainstream or indie
1: oh indie Defo.
0: cats or dogs
1: dogs oh my god
0: yes oh, Lord. i like that answer <laughs> last one beach or mountains
1: oh beach i'm a beach bum i love the sea absolutely love it and I, i'm actually always always holiday in the west so uh I couldn't. If you told me you can never see the sea again or never see a mountain again, I'd be like, get get those mountains out of my face. You'd be I like, hate running up hills.
0: You'd be like, bye mountains, bye. <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. Jarlath, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Honestly, thank you so much for taking the so time to jump on thank spin you. now at Spins Out West.
1: Thank you so much. Been been a pleasure.